That's a magic number. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Somewhere in this hip-hop soul community Was born three, they still me And that's a magic number What does it all mean? Difficult preaching is posthumous pleasure Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart Something that stimulates the music in a measure Measure in the music, racing three parts Casually see but don't do like the soul Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys Doing hip-hop hustle, no rock and roll Unless your name's Brewster, cause Brewster's a bummer Hands let go cause it's magic in the air Criticizing rap, cause you're out of order Stop looking, listen to the phrase and Fred Astaire's And don't get offended while Mace Dosey does your daughter A dry camera roll system is now set Fly around the store under Daisy production It stands for the inner sound, y'all, in your cabette That the action's not a trick, but show me the function Everybody wants to be a DJ Everybody wants to be in the seat But being speakers are the best And you don't have to guess Get our so posse consists of three And that's the magic number This here piece of the pie is not dessert But the cost that we got And three out of every darn time The effect is mmm with a daisy grows in your mind Showing true position This here piece is kissing the part of the pie that's missing Where that negative number fills up your casualty Maybe you can subtract it You can call it your lucky partner Maybe you can call it your adjective But odd as it may be, without my one and two, where would there be my three mates passing me? And that's the magic number. Mean? Focus is formed by flaunt of the soul Souls before style gain praise by pounds Common on speakers who honor the scroll Scroll written daily creates a new sound Listeners listen cause this here is wisdom Wisdom of a speaker, a dove and a plug Set aside a legal substance and feed them for now Get them high off this dialect drug Time is a factor so it's time to count Count not the negative actions of one Speakers of soul say it's time to shout Three forms the soul to a positive sum Dance to this fix and flex every muscle Space can be filled if you ride like my lumber Advance to the tune but don't the hustle, shake, rattle, roll to my magic number. Now you may try to subtract it, but it just won't go away. Three times one. What is it? One, two, three. That's a magic number. Yo, what's up? <laughs> one, two, three. And say, children, what does it all mean? Love, love, one, two, three. <laughs> I would love to. indeed yes it's the goals galore edition of the football podcast to go through it i need a guy that if he was in the beatles he'd be ringo Starr. if he was in the stones he'd be will wyman if he was in red dwarf he'd be Crichton. it's the 36 year old bald boy the real duke of edinburgh mr paul o'neill <laughs> Thanks for that wonderful intro. If you're a wonderful host there, a man that sees himself as a modern day version of one of his idols, Don Rickles, but probably closer to Edinburgh's answer to Jerry Sinclair, our very own paranoid lunatic, Paul Larkin. Who's Jerry Sinclair? <laughs> the compere for oh, Phoenix Knights. Oh, right, Jerry Sinclair, right. I, I was hearing that as Jerry Sinclair. I'm like, who the fuck <laughs> is that? Um, okay, so. Goals galore, kind of, sort of. Uh, let's get to it um, before Paul has a nervous breakdown. Um, Aberdeen now Motherwell 2. Um, what a strange game this was. Uh, Motherwell basically scoring with their two only attacks. Um, and Aberdeen seemed to play quite well. Aye, they'll be coming at that game really disappointed not to take at least a point. Like They were the better team by a mile. I think... Um, as you say, Motherwell had two real shots. Um, Kelly made a couple of really good saves as well. Mm. Kept them in, kept them in the game. Um, I suppose that for Aberdeen's point of view, though, when you're that far on top, you've got to take your chances. But they, they'll they'll not be happy with that, especially going into the international break. They, they would have wanted to keep that good running form going. I mean, it's one of the things where I mean, at first it looked like um, 
you know, the Motherwell defence had a death wish, keep allowing one-on-ones with a goalkeeper and all this kind of thing. But, you know, as the game went on and, you know, Marley Watkins seems to be the kind of poster boy up there now. Um, once he sort of fluffed his lines a few times, you know, it's a sucker punch, isn't it? But, I mean, after Motherwell's gubbing last week, it's a great result for them. Um, Aye, it's a, it's a great way to bounce back. Um, put some in a decent position as well. They're only three points off Town United now. And mm. for a lot of the season, they've been probably flattened to deceive, but they're still in the right, uh, going in the right direction. So it's a very good win. Up at Dodge is always a, a tough game. Um, Hearts 5, Dundee United 2. Um, now, first of all, one of the most bizarre sights I've seen in a long time before the game when they had pictures of folk for the army or whatever, and in between, in, amongst them was Davy Martindale. <laughs> I never noticed him in, in amongst them. Aye. That'd, um, that'd I kind of thought I had to rewind it back because I thought that, that was Davy Martindale and I thought of course Livingston on the plane today um, and he was just kind of standing there you know amongst all these guys that were wearing you know army gear and all that stuff um, <laughs> but I mean um, first of all I mean this guy Woodburn seems to be really turning it on for Hertz now Aye it, it went through a wee bit of a spell where he looked he was kind of flattering to deceive a wee bit and I don't know if he maybe had that attitude that he didn't have to work as hard or whatever, and he thought he was maybe going to coast it coming for Liverpool. But he's, he's putting in the work now, and he's, he was really good yesterday. The second goal was a, a great finish, but the the first one, um, the goalkeeper will be really Aye. disappointed with himself, to be, uh, to be honest. Aye. It's it was, basically, it wasn't that much power, and it's just no. sort of sneak, snuck under him. I mean, it was a, you know, Seacrest had a kind of up and down game, you know, obviously it fought for there. He's went bananas at the second goal, um, which I, I was listening on the radio at the time and they never had a clue what he was going bananas about, but he's seen the potential handball and stuff um, and he clearly went mental a bit. But um, what, I found, was, what I found interesting was it was just looked like a really good game of football yesterday. It was brilliant. Honestly, I've not enjoyed a game of football like that for a long time. Mm. It was it done United as well. Like, it sounds patronising, but they completely played their part because they came and had a goal. Mm. And it made it for a really open end-to-end game of football. And it's probably Hearts' best performance of the season as well. Mm-hmm. I think we could have had another couple quite easily, um, but Seagrass did make a couple of good saves as well. He did and, die. Um, and he's, you know, um, even Dunyan United's first goal was taking a nick, obviously. You've seen it. Gordon's kind of wrong-footed a wee bit. Um, second goal was a good goal, I thought, Clark. Um was quite perturbed by Robbie Nielsen's man at CNA look. <laughs> what the fuck was that jacket he was wearing? Right in the catalogue, page three, I think that was. It just, uh, I think it Robbie Nielsen just picked something off a mannequin. He, Robbie Nielsen tries to do hard to be happy. It's not his nature. And um, you know, he's like, oh, he's really good and all that kind of thing. Also, something that I found out that I didn't know, that Robbie Nielsen refuses to be interviewed by anybody other than Brian McLaughlin. Is that true? Aye. I don't know why, though. I don't know why, but um, I kind of started thinking about it. It's always Brian McLaughlin that's got him. Um, but aye, it was, uh, you know, Dun United, you know, if they'd 3-2, if they'd got the third goal, I mean, they could have easily went on and won the game. But, you know, Hertz were ruthless at the end, a uh, couple of goals near the end. And uh, aye, it just looked, I mean, perfect conditions for the game of football, I thought, as well, with the rain and, you know. Mm. Pitch like that, and as you say, two teams willing to go for it, which is a, a breath of fresh air in Scottish football, considering the amount of teams we see that just sit in and what have you. Um, St Johnston no, St Mirren no. Now, <laughs> St Johnston fans were interviewed before this game, and I thought I was watching an episode of the fucking Beach Grove Garden. I mean, talk <laughs> about playing these stereotypes. You've got guys in their in their hundreds, and then you've got English posh folk talking about them. <laughs> Um, not quite sure what that was all about. Um, we did see. I mean, first of all, pretty strange sight seeing Jim Goodwin for Dublin bringing out the the poppies and all that. What do you say? Bizarre. Uh, but Simon completely dominated the first half, didn't they? They did. They were a better team. Um, and again, they, they'll be looking at that one as points dropped. I think rather than I, I take seeing it as a bonus point, but. Um, Jamie McGrath was really good. He's, he was back in for St. Mirren. I thought he was sort of mm. pulling all the, all the strings for them. And St. Johnson just looked like they couldn't get going at all. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing up front. Nah. And we saw that actually Chris Keane can get sent off. 
Aye. Um, was the second one for dissent? It looks like it. I mean, I, I don't know, it was Callum Davidson didn't confirm it, but it certainly looked like he did say something to the referee and he just gave him a second yellow. Um, which was, you know, for our experience play like him's madness, like, you know. Especially so late in the game, it's nothing, it's, the game's nearly done. Mm. So now he misses, he'll miss a game, it's stupid. I thought, uh, what did you think of the Liam Gordon uh, one when he pulled down Curtis Main? Do you think that should have been a red? Uh, um, probably no, just because the defender, but I mean, it's cynical as fuck, didn't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I can see why the referee hasn't sent him off. Um, but at the same time, it's it's one of them where it's like, if I was him, I'd be arguing that I could still get a goal scoring opportunity with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of them where it, I think a lot of these decisions, they didn't get highlighted because it's a Johnson and St. Murn. You know, if it's a mm-hmm. bigger game and it could be, honestly, sort of um, talked about differently and mere highlighted. But um, I thought, I mean, I thought both teams were kind of pretty evenly matched. Aye, aye. I don't think there's much in it at all between them. Mm. St Johnston look at least like they've been solid again, which um, they'd obviously had a bad run of form. Um, so getting back to being solid is probably the base that the, uh, Davidson mm. wants to build off. But they really need to address the lack of goals. Mm. Um, St Mirren, to me, look like they're trying to play some good stuff. Mm. Um, it's maybe not always clicking, but it's, it's good to see them. That I think Goodwin's completely changed their style from when yeah. he first went in there. Aye, so, no, no. Um... And then we'll go back to Europe after this, but today, uh, Dundee 2, Celtic 4. Um, I mean, Jota was fucking exceptional. It was very good. I, although the first goal was offside, surely. And a good couple of yards, I think, when the, when the shot initially goes in for Alston and Jota comes back in. But he was excellent. Like, he he yeah, completely ran the we, show we, for us. What, what rubbish are you talking now? The shot for Alston, how is it, who's offside like? Jota? Jota's when the ball first goes in, Jota... Aye, Jota was offside when the initial shot was in. Come off the Dundee player? Come off the Dundee player? Aye, the shot, it come off the Dundee player. But when he hit it, he was still... When Ralston hit the ball... No, but wait a minute. Are Jota... you saying that Ralston hits the ball and Jota's offside? Yes. But it comes off the Dundee player, so then it's a different phase of play. Aye, but it's still, it's still interfering with play, isn't it, if he's in that area? Interfering with play? Because if Dundee player's got to drop... But the Dundee, it, it's only a second, only a different phase if he's not involved in the, the goal, though. Surely like, it's a different it, phase as soon as the opposition player is involved. But Jota's off and he, and he comes back on, so the Dundee player's got to consider, consider who's in behind him, so it should, should be offside, surely. I'm not buying it. I didn't buy it. That's not the rules as I know them. I mean, surely, fuck, it's a different... I mean, that's what I'm saying. Surely it's a different stage you play the minute it then goes to, you know, a different Celtic player. I, I would have been wanting that as offside. Maybe, maybe no, maybe I'm talking shit. It's, it's, I think you're it be a real... I mean, there was nothing made yet. No, that, that's why I, I never understood what was they mentioned. That's why I was saying it. Because, well, because it looked because to me... You can't have... I mean, it's that kind of play, surely... I mean, if we're talking about stages of play, right, then that involves one team, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware. So the minute the opposition get the ball, that's the fucking... That play stopped and another one starts. Yeah, aye, well, but let me ask you a question. If Ralston had scored, would that have been chopped off? No, because he wasn't really interfering at that point. Well, they but, but he then has to go. The ball comes back out to him, and the Dundee players got to consider his position. So I, I would, I would have been more on the offside. But maybe I'm not talking shit. Maybe I've got the. Uh, I think you're, uh, you know, you're fishing. You're desperate not to give Celtic any kind of credit <laughs> whatsoever. You know, it's like no. Oh, Celtic, uh, Celtic completely dominated the game, and Jot, as you say, Jot was tremendous. Uh, Kyogo was good as well. Fair play to Dundee for not completely folding though and coming back into it. And the first, their first goal was a, a decent, well-worked one. Um, but it was, a, it was a completely one-sided game. Like I think 4-2 probably flatters Dundee a bit. I mean, I think Celtic deserve a lot of credit for coming back you know, for a game on Thursday to a game like that where the team's fighting for their life and all the rest of it. And... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought some of the decisions were questionable, you know, in terms of Dundee fouls, um, you know, there's certain... I mean, the boy Sweeney gets booked early doors and fucking must have committed five fouls after it. That annoys me because you never get red cards for persistent fouling in a second year. I mean, it's the, same with, it's the same with Charlie Adam. I mean, that to me, you know, it's a fucking shocking tackle he puts him for the yellow. 
And then basically the Celtic goal masked the fact that he tried to fucking dare Alston again and fell. You know, Adam's a fucking Adam's an animal. Every single week you watch him, he just runs about kicking people because he can't run. So he just, he just boots people. It's, he's very cynical as a player. But like, I think Celtic has something over eighty percent position, which mm. away from home is incredible. Same as last week, but I mean, I think the, the couple of things. Obviously, two crosses in the box that Celtic conceded, but I'm not that concerned about that because Julian will be back soon and he will help that massively. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also noticeable, I think, that now that you know Celtic are throwing out this front three, they're doing their jobs, then they bring them off, and the other the front three that comes on after it are not quite at the level that they guys are. Mm. I, I, I'm quite glad to see Mikey Johnson come back because I think he's a potential option for Scotland but he's got to mm. get a run of games I suppose and um, what's your thoughts on Johnson because I always think he impresses when he comes on but mm. he never seems to get a, a, a goal for the start I'm so, is it fitness with him or? I don't know I mean he's injured all the fucking time and you know I've seen him completely anonymous in games when it's been like this is the time for him to step up so it's very very early to say I mean the other thing is, uh, and we've got to talk about the biggest issue in the game, obviously. How on earth is Anthony Ralston known as Scotland squad? Well, he he's came on leaps and bounds, and I get why people maybe say that they don't think he's good enough, but I think they're maybe basing that on what he was like before. But equally, the, the squad, okay, Patterson's not playing. Mm-hmm. I think Patterson's a decent player, but he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And O'Donnell's having a terrible season. I know, so. I know. You just think, you know... It's a wee bit one of them where and we've seen it elsewhere. We'll probably talk about it later on, but obviously there was also the protest at the start of the game. The tennis balls came on the pitch. Um, mm. It was obviously against the um, potential or incoming um, um, employment of Bernard Higgins, who you know was basically party orchestrating a campaign, of, um, harassing people for the Green Brigade and others at work and. No, um, not only doing their doors at fucking six o'clock in the morning and that kind of stuff, and it's just, it sort of um, probably just fucking amplifies how out he touches the Celtic border, you know, in terms of thinking this is actually a decent, you know, because they've already got, you know, brother Ronnie Hawthorne, it was a security, he's re- um, retiring, and that's the job that we and Mark Higgins for, but um, not really sure the significance of the tennis balls, I must admit. Um, no, I think it's probably just purely designed to disrupt the game mm. and, and get a stoppage, so to highlight it, maybe. Mm. I never knew that's what they were protesting about at first. I was, mm. I was wondering what the fuck was going on. Um, but as you say, that's, that appointment just smacks you being out of touch with your own support I, I massively. Mean, I mean, one of the things that's happening now is Ian Bankier, who um, is, is the chairman, he said, fuck knows how, has got a sort of mere prominent role there now and he's making decisions like this um, that are just, you know... I mean, this is a guy who, you know, when he done the 125th anniversary speech stroke mass in St Mary's of the Carlton, had to have it written for him, you know. Um, he done the Lisbon Lions 50th anniversary celebration in the City Chambers in Glasgow and compared their success to the Scottish swimmer in 1964. Which everybody was just like, what in fuck's name are you talking about, Ken? Um, and obviously there was people singing through the... Um, a minute silence. I mean, I'm no excusing it or fucking decrying it or anything like that. But am I right in saying that there was no whistle blown before the start here? I, I never actually clocked that. If that was the case, I mean, because I, I was kind of waiting on it, and then all of a sudden it just kept going. But I think, I mean, I, I, you know, my take on this, and and it just goes right across the board in Britain, is that how how often is football going to be used as a political? tool like this you know what I mean because it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger this kind of thing um, and we had the paradox yesterday of Celtic fans singing you know about Aidan McInnesby during that and then the minute um, the Celtic team took the knee for Black Lives Matter the Dundee fans were doing that it was a completely bizarre start to the game to be honest mm. um, I'm of the opinion the things like minute silence if you if you didn't agree with it you turn your back on it or something rather than do it I've always thought that but the, the Booing is taking the knee was bizarre as well. Like I didn't know that Dundee have got any problem with that. I've never heard them the well, fans like that before. I don't think it's well, maybe they have. I don't know, but I think it's mainly they've got a problem with Celtic full stop. A lot of their supporters, you know what I mean. Um, it's a really bizarre bit. 
I mean, it's a, probably a topic for another day, but I just think that it, there is a lot of this kind of poppy fascism that does go about. It fucking goes all over the telly. By the way, I didn't even realise until today that it isn't even remembering Sunday this today. It's next week. It's all a wee bit strange and I think that, you know, my personal opinion is that what people need to understand is that what people died for in these wars was the freedom to do things, you know, no, just fucking be blindly honoured. Um, but anyway, so go back to uh, midweek, Bromby won, Sevco won, I did actually see this game, um, Bromby are fucking rubbish, aren't they? Ah, they were poor. I, I thought for spells they were the better team on top early doors, but they kind of petered out. Um, mm. And when they scored, it was probably against their, their, their running play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a late goal for Hadji, wasn't it, with 10 minutes to go or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good result because it keeps, for, for their point of view, because it keeps them in the hunt for um, qualification. But a win would have been massive for them, so I think they'd probably been disappointed not to go and beat Bromby, who are. Aye, I mean it's all a wee, it's all a wee bit bizarre with this third place getting into the Conference League and and all that, and I'm not really mm. sure what the fuck that's all about, to be honest. But <laughs> it just feels all that stuff to me feels weird. Like if your team benefit from it, fine, I guess you'll be happy, but you shouldn't be rewarding teams for finishing third in groups, nah. and it's almost impossible to get knocked out if you're if you're no terrible. Not I know. I mean. Coming on to the Celtic game, Celtic guaranteed European football after Christmas because of that result, even though it was only the second one in the section. Go to see, like, I thought Celtic played really well on the night. Um, you know, do, creating a lot of chances. I mean, it's, it's never easy going away for him in Europe to anybody, you know what I mean? Um, no, I think winning, winning away for, for a Scottish team against anybody is always mm. a significant performance. And, like, Celtic looked really good going forward. Um, probably a bit of nervier finish than you want when the boy got one back with five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. But I uh, Celtic, Celtic deserve to win the game. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not being impressed with Ferenc Varos over the two games I've seen. No, they didn't look particularly great either. But nah, I mean, as you say, gone away and winning is. I a, mean, is a... the, the thing is, is it's the, you know what's happening in these games for, is quite a lot, and obviously Real Betis are a better team. But you know, Jota and and Kyogo and Abad are having such an impact early doors. It's rattling these teams. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And I think, you know, probably Beaton, to be fair, you know, gets a lot of abuse to st- stabilise the midfield and gives that wee bit of protection um, mm-hmm. on that. But aye, I mean, it was a fairly decent result. And it was, I didn't even realise at the end of the game, it's like, oh, and that's Celtic guaranteed European football after Christmas. I was like, fucking hell, man. The bar is quite <laughs> low. Um, but that's it. And obviously, uh, there wasn't any game at Livingston yesterday. Uh, would you like to give your take on the Hibs COVID scenario and Bruton or anything like that? <laughs> I just find the whole thing bizarre. Like, I, I, first off, like, surely they've not got 10, 10 to 12 players or whatever out missing, right? Mm-hmm. E- even if the whole squad only double vaxxed, mm-hmm. the majority of them would be, you'd think. So like, all, all you'd have to do if you're double vaxxed is then get a, a negative test and you're free mm-hmm. to train again. So either they've got a huge, a significant proportion that are not vaccinated, or the protocols are a, a mess. Mm. I mean, and why? why I, they... I, I, I think it's a convenient time for them to have a decent break. To be honest, so they are. I know, but I just want to know why they've been allowed to cancel games. No, I don't understand. Like, I know the league's got a bit more scope for rearranging games because the League Cup games that were uh, postponed at the start of the season weren't played and awarded his 3-0 wins to the other team. Mm. But that was cause of, they said that was because of the tight schedule to get into the next round and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel right that the same teams are in different competitions being treated differently. Mm. Like, like Ross County got a 3-0 win, I'm sure, against, uh, given against them in the League Cup. And it happened to Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. And like, also, Hibs were given an alternative date and still says they couldn't play. Sure, they uh, can play like under 18s or something. Like, no, I know. I mean, you know, it's sort of the obvious example is Celtic in January, but... It just, it does, I mean, it does. It just strikes to me as, you know, if fucking Hibs had went up to Ross County that day and go beat Jack Ross, would have been out of job. And now it's like they've got a comfy wee month break and, you know, they can kind of rejig. Um, and, you know, I didn't get me wrong. I mean, I think certainly the Hibs fans, I know, they weren't ready fucking Jack Ross yesterday. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But the club, I don't know. There's something there's something all right with Hibs now. Um you know, this Ron Gordon and all that, you know, and since Dempster left and what have you, it's just like, what, what, what's what's the fucking plan here? What exactly are we doing? And also, you know, we've mentioned it on this show a million times, the fucking crowds are terrible. Um, mm. 
there does seem to be a bit of a disconnect like with the, mm. the fans to the team just now. Like obviously they've got their hardcore support, but Hibs are probably having a like the, the most consistent spell for decades. Mm. You know what I mean in terms of third cups, semis, finals, and no. it, it's still no bringing out the punter. So what no. what will be interesting? And as you say, with, with we we don't we don't still even as well like that. I thought at the time that was a bit of an alarm bell mm. thing. Like, why does she want to go and join a a League Two team? Aye. when she's working at Hibs. It's like Newcastle, you know what I mean? When the fucking takeover happened, it was all oh, this. We've got to buy Mbappe and we get a bit, and then you know all of a sudden they end up with fucking Eddie Howe, who let's face it, if there had been the amount of money that everybody thought they were going to spend available in January, they would have been able to attract basically anybody to come in and do that. Mm. Instead, they ended up with a guy who was fucking out of work. So. Yeah. Well, that was bizarre as well because they had Emery almost done, mm. and then that fell through because Emery was basically apparently concerned that the like they had no actual vision, they had no mm. clue, had no plan or anything like that. And then, as you say, they go for him, who's a completely different style of manager. So it, sh- uh, it shows he's not going to. He's not going to. I don't care how much one. He's not going to attract top players like the, the, mm. the likes of which the Newcastle fans thought was going to happen. And I just think with Dempster, it's a similar thing where he's, she's obviously been told, listen, the money's gone. And we're, we're going to be on the fucking shit street for a while now. And, um, you know, uh, talking to Hibs fans, I know they fucking they would sell Nisbet, fucking Boyle, fucking Porteous. He's died yesterday because they reckon they're, mm. they're all gone, just gone through the motions, basically. But aye, strange. And of course, it doesn't get as much cover as we should. Okay, on to your Safeco scrutiny, which <laughs> is a big one this week. £23 million loss. It's bizarre. Like, it's no completely unexpected because they were they were losing money hand over fist season mm. on, season on season anyway, and COVID when they have helped them with no crowds and that. But twenty three million pounds is astonishing mm-hmm. for one season. Um, since, I, I, how how how's that sustainable? Well, it's I mean, not sustainable, is it? Well, it's it's no. And uh, you know, since Safeco formed in two thousand and twelve, they lost a hundred million pound, which is just mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, I don't know where the fuck this goes with financial fair play and all the rest of it. I don't know how much they can keep diluting shares. You know, I don't know how much they can keep getting funding and all that. But I mean, is this fair? Well, they won the league, didn't they? And spent a fortune doing it. Mm-hmm. And, it and it just leads to loss after loss. So it doesn't feel very particularly, particularly fair. No, if you if you spend the money you've not got to get success, then that's that's all. I mean, they, 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 there's a few things, right? Dave King delisted them, probably because they couldn't get one anyway. But then that's that's allowed. Less scrutiny on the money, because what they all argue is, you know, that, that it's, it's our club and you know it's private business and we can do what we fucking want. I think it's absolutely certain that Stephen Gerrard, whatever happens, will leave at the end of this season, because um, he claims mm. he's not going to get another penny to spend. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not going to say, oh my god, they shouldn't have been allowed to win the league and all that. But I just wonder with clubs who are trying to kind of balance the books and you know, do the right things, are feeling again about how they're competing against somebody with this astronomical fucking losses all the time. You know, what does that date the spirit of the game? I mean, you look at somebody like Hertz and Nielsen, fucking absolute dogs of you saying the last season, you know, they're flying, they're playing well, the 18,000, they have great games of football and that, on a fucking fraction of what Safeco's doing. Mm. You know, but they're just... Um. And, and it's the media as well, of course, has just given it the big nothing to see here. Like, what I found interesting as well is they said that they've, they've secured back into the end of the season, but mm. that, that's that's all they said, the end mm-hmm. of this season. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the plan after that? Is it just well, keep going the, cap in hand to right, directors the, asking the, for loans the, or The or plan what? is to sell the season tickets again and then mm. get in money for that respect. Hopefully get into the Champions League which I think is why you know come on to a questionable decisions again are gone like that Um, but it's again if any other club I mean fucking you know the the Vladimir Romanov era at Hertz taking aside any of the mad things that he was doing or that you know the big thing all the time was the way it was run in the sense well for what I can understand Romanov basically wrote a cheque every so often to clear Mm. the wages or the overdraft or whatever and that was it and Hertz are absolutely slaughtered for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, slaughtered for buying players when, you know, there were fucking tax issues and all the rest of it. And, you know, people might say quite rightly so, but the bottom line is, I don't see how this is fair on other clubs that they're allowed to do this. And there's not even a fucking hint for the SFA or anybody about 
excuse me, what, what exactly what exactly is going on here? What he's doing, you know? It's it's just um, the difference with Romanov was as a foreigner. I think he was just held to different standards. That it could just well be that that, that club though are held to different standards for everybody else because it it doesn't get the the focus I think it should get because and when it does get mentioned, you get other Rangers fans saying. Oh, everybody's obsessed with our finances, blah blah blah. Because it's happened before, and you see it happening again. Mm. And it's as you say, it's no part. It's no. It, it feels like you're competing with a hand tied behind your back. Mm. It's already hard enough, as you say, for a team like Hearts with the budget we've got to to uh, play at that level or or try and compete with that level. And if they're then spending millions on top of that that they didn't mm. have, no, no, it, it, it does. It's a bit of a sickener, to be honest. And it's um, it is. I mean, it's you know, winning the league. Has mastered a lot of things for them, and um, and it's interesting that you know Celtic and I'm you know Celtic are far from the finished article, but you can see the progress that's being made. And my whole kind of um, thing for Celtic was you know just be in the mix by January when you can go out and buy some more players. Mm. Um, whereas now I'm looking at it thinking you never you know what maybe we could overhaul them by then I don't know. Um, but it is. It just so, and, and 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 you know, it adds into the thing. Like, for example, Douglas Park come out yesterday and said that uh, you know the league was underselling itself, which I agree with. We've said that a million times in that. But basically, he's still fucking um, burying his head in the sand about no advertising cinch because mm. it's a rival of his fucking company. Again, not another club in Scotland to get away with that. No, I I find it bizarre how that story just went all quiet as well. Mm. It's just like it, it doesn't matter, but it does. We, we can't be turning sponsors away and refusing to uh, on our contracts uh, unless they can prove something. Which, in my opinion, would have probably been able to prove it already. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be forced to do it and probably find as well. I mean, Matt Lindsay in the Herald yesterday, and I know him, right? Wrote an article saying that despite the twenty-three million fucking pound loss, Safeco are on their way to self-sustainability. You know, based on what exactly? You could know? maybe say that if it was one season as well, mm. and and it's maybe like you, you could blame uh, COVID and lack of attendances, and say you've got a plan. But it's it's season on season. Oh my god, it was fifteen million last year. I mean, I, see the thing. The thing that, that bothers me is I don't believe Douglas Park has that kind of money, and yet it seems to appear. So where the fuck is it coming from? You know, mm. I remember Simon Jordan. Saying at the start of last season that they were being, it was a mystery benefactor. A lot of people were at me saying, Oh, is it David Murray? David Murray fucking know what the money to do that for fuck's sake. He never had the money to do it when we thought he had. Never mind now, you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's worthy of investigation, I would say. But as you say, it'll only be people like us that'll do it. It'll certainly not be the media. Um, and that brings us on nicely to Referee Watch. Now, we had a conversation last week where basically you were splashing a lot of pish, if you remember. And um, so I wanted to kind of, I set you a task of watching anyone but Celtic again, just to kind of, you know, see where I'm coming from on it. Um, and I firmly believe, like I just said, that there are decisions gone, Safeco's way this season, because they need that Champions League money to survive. Because um, we both know that it's obviously straight in to the Champions mm-hmm. League, and it's interesting, right? Because I read that John Robertson book, and he talked about um, nineteen ninety eight, and he was like, when he sat doing at the end of the season, he realised Hertz should have had a much bigger chance of winning the league, considering mm-hmm. the last eight games where they had dropped points and so on and so forth. And I, I totally agree with that because the pressure on both clubs in Glasgow then was fucking enormous you know what I mean it was life or death kind of thing but is there I mean after watching that and after what you've seen do you think that there is a possibility that that is happening that the Safeco has been helped and furthermore do you think then that that curtails any team like Hearts having a chance at competing for the league Oh, I think it's it'd be foolish to say that it's all coincidence because I I don't like to say the referees are, are all bent or all things, but I definitely believe they get decisions that other teams wouldn't get. Mm. Like in in the heat of the moment, it's just easier not to get, and it's and they bend too much. If you look at how many red cards they've had, one in the last sixty games or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like that. Even even just 
statistically, that's bizarre, you know what I mean? It's miles less than every other club in the league. Yet yeah. they're getting red cards on a regular basis in in Europe. I mean, if you look at the current crop of referees, now obviously the film I did focused on mere historical. Um, you know, Alan Muir, Bobby Madden, John Beaton, Greg Aitken, um, you know, the list goes on, Steve McLean. I mean, every single one of them is a fan of theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, what I wanted to highlight in anyone but Celtic was the, the obviously the Lancashire issue, which I mm-hmm. always said would be like, you know, um, the whole England team coming for Newcastle. That, you know, you just couldn't. How does this fucking happen? And and it's still that recruitment policy of you are um, moved up the ladder based on observers that go and watch eight games, and quite a lot of these guys move up the FIFA list. Their reports already written before the game, and that's why you ended up fast tracking half what's like Andrew Dallas, half what's like Willie Collum. You know, clearly, you know Willie Collum to me. If, He's actually, it's actually fucking one of the things where he's no biased. He's just fucking hopeless. Right, I definitely think about Colm. I just think he's, it's Colm to me strikes me as somebody that doesn't even like football. Mm. He's just an over officious wee dick. <laughs> he's just blows for everything. Likes to ruin the flow of games. Always has a wee man syndrome. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't stand him. Um, well, back to the question though. Like, I think it hampers teams like Hearts. Like, I frankly, because a few weeks ago we went to Ibrox and. Uh, they, they should have been doing to 10 men and it was, it was never mm. even highlighted as a bad tackle. Mm. I know. Um, and, and then the guy grabbed Kingsley by the throat and that's what Nielsen got sent off complaining mm. for. You lift your hands and grab somebody by the throat. It's a red card. It was right in front of the fourth official. Aye. And the thing about it is is that, you know, it was always, you know, especially in regarding Celtic, it was always, oh, you're all paranoid and all that kind of thing. And I don't think that such a thing as collective para- paranoia actually exists. But it's so ingrated and fucking um, embred in this culture that it's 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 almost like we expect it, you know. We actually expect it, and it's it's really like I mean that fucking Greg Aitken uh, who was refereeing who was he he was refereeing somebody on Saturday. St Johnston, St Johnston. You know, this was the same guy who fucking sent a tweet, fucking sent another referee, fucking you know. Uh, you know, get, get the three points back and all this kind of thing for the lodge and blah, 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 you know. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But the problem is, right, uh, to me, and I said this at the time of the film and just got shot down, right, which was that referees should have to declare, you know, and any team they support and any organisation they belong to, like they do in England. And an example I always raise is Mark Clattenburg was not allowed to referee Chelsea against Sunderland. Where Chelsea, Sunderland could have been relegated, as a matter of fact, they won the game because he's a Newcastle supporter, right? <laughs> so when I raised that, you know, people, you know, when the phone came out um, five years ago, it was, oh, but they'll just lie. They'll all just lie. It'll be like fucking Doogie Donnelly saying he supports Clyde, Chick Young says he supports Mum. But my argument, Paul, was that it's all right. That's all right if it lies, because then there's a mechanism to actually punish the lie to find them out. Mm-hmm. Whereas they can say and do whatever the fuck they want right now. You know, I mean, the John Beaton thing sticks in my craw in the sense of, you know, the game that Ibrox that was in was when Alfredo Morelos should have been sent off about eight times that day, stamping all over Ralston, this, that, and thing, all these kind of things. For him to then go to a fucking Hun pub, right? and get photos taken with guys and Huns tops and all the rest of it, that night, you know, that's either complete and utter stupidity, or it's, I couldn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. <clears throat> I mean, if you if you, if you you went to the next Hertz game at fucking Easter Road, and the referee give it this, this and this, and you fucking go beat, and then you went up the tune that night, and the fucking referee was with all his heavy mates giving it Yahoo, you'd go for your fucking need. I, I, I wouldn't be happy. That, that ref existed though, Dougie McDonald. <laughs> uh, but the, the thing as well though, is I'll be declaring, right? I, I, I think it, it makes sense on one level, but two teams in Scotland are far more folly than everybody else, right? Far mm. bigger fan bases. So the chances are that, like, that the majority of them are going to support one of two teams if they go into it and, and declare. If they're coming for the for specific areas, you know, there's no reach out to referees for Aberdeen or you know, yeah, the Highlands. Aye, but, but they do, tif- 
th- that then goes to is there enough referees coming through for these other areas? I, d- I don't know. Well, but, but, we think about the phone though. The the, the, the Lancashire referee has a the association has a stranglehold on refereeing in Scotland. That basically since nineteen sixty, the SFA has just basically said right, you just run refereeing, right? Which is why for these litany people come through that. You know, um, background and you know, I fucking put every name in them on that phone and said you are a mason, and I have never had a fucking comeback for anybody. I've had plenty of people try to find out the source and what have you, but I've never had a comeback for anybody saying actually I'm not a fucking mason. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you think it'd be something people would want to uh, deny? And that's the thing. I mean, so I, I know I've I'm trying off the top of my head. Referees, I know that were Celtic supporters. Martin Clark for Edinburgh years ago, um, never done us any favours. Kevin Toner, who never got any big games or anything like that. Kevin O'Donnell, who was basically run out of fucking football, um, and and you know that was it basically. Whereas, you know, if I could sit here all fucking day, and as I said to you, one of the things I highlighted at the John Robertson autobiography when the dogs abuse I got was, you know, the referee was changed for the Dundee Hertz game in 1986, uh, league decider to Bill Crombie, which was in the film, obviously. And dogs abuse, and what people were saying to me then was, well, how could he fucking be changed? And his name's in the programme, <laughs> you know? Um, people could still print stuff quite quickly, <laughs> like then. <laughs> But, you know, it was John Robertson confirmed it, that it was meant to be Davy Sign. The referee was changed after um, the Motherwell Celtic game on the Wednesday, which Hertz could have won the league um, that night if Celtic hadn't won. So, you know, these things happen, but it's just, it's so much in our psyche that it's, you know, one of the things that's pissed me off over the last couple of years is the retrospective um, decisions. Where guys are, you know, either not getting sent off or opposition are getting sent off, and then it's getting rebuked after it. It means nothing. It means fuck all. You know, oh, oh, it's by the way. Oh, sorry, I was wrong about that. You still got beat, but you're not, you're not suspended now. Yeah. Well, what winds me up about retrospective red cards in general is it's never the team that that's been wronged that benefits from it. Mm. It's the next opponent, mm-hmm. and and then they got a chance to then play. They also get to finish the game with eleven men most of the time as well, which is and the referees never get punished for. If you're if you're missing if you're consistently missing things that are then retrospectively pulled up, mm. why is the referees not getting punished if if it's happening on their watch all the time? Well, has, demoted has, or what? I mean, has any referee been demoted in the in the modern game? You know what I mean? I mean, we could, you mentioned Dougie McDonald and obviously the Dougie Dougie situation. He's still fucking went on done refereeing, even though he lied and fucking Dallas lied, you know, repeatedly. Mm. And that's the other thing, by the way, fucking drives me round the twist. That cunt Dallas still comes on the radio and telly spraffing about refereeing. And nobody calls him disgraced ex-referee Hugh Dallas. Okay. He's just like, oh, you know, fucking me. And he's, you know, obviously a big part of the Lanarkshire Referees Association, has been for many years, and until we break... But that, that, that sorry, that t- tends to run deeper in Scottish football, though, that like, people deserve a second chance when they didn't, necessarily. Well, like when you look some at Malky Mackay and that, it's like... Well, I'll, give, I'll give you an example, though, but Michaelunas, nobody was going to give him a fucking second chance. Okay, what I mean? It's, you know, it's, it runs deep, so deep, it puts her ass to sleep, as Ice Cube would say. <laughs> um, but speaking of people getting a second, third, fourth and 28th chance, Morris Ross is the new manager of Cowden Beef. Um, obviously, Chairman Donald Finlay, uh, right enough. And could you just remind Foki Morris's Ross Morris Ross's uh, uh, last, I guess, burst in the media. I was, was he got sacked for his club, didn't he? For mm-hmm. uh, Russell abusing his own player. Yeah. Aye, he, he says that he was had a fake African passport because mm-hmm. he was slow. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that old lazy stereotype that all Africans are lying about their age and whatnot. And it's again where, and this ties into what we've just been talking about, right? Previous to that, Morris Ross was one of these guys that was lauded everywhere as, oh, fucking listen to him, he's brilliant. There's always these pricks that come along. Alan Pardew was famous for it in England. Oh, they would win a couple of games and suddenly I'll tell you how to run football. You know, I'll tell you how football, how to invent, reinvent the wheel and all that shit, right? And of course, sports sound and all that, because he's a fucking ex-hun, we'll get him on, we'll ask him about fucking everything under the sun, and you know, because the, they're, if they play... At Rangers or Sevco, their opinions seem to be more valued by a lot of people in this country 
So much so that barely a fucking eyelid is batted when Morris Ross gets that fucking job. Now there are guys in football, you know, um, you know, just it's like your face is the fat, and that's you fucking yeah. the game. But he just goes in there, obviously the Donald Finlay fucking connection. Who let's not forget was singing sectarian songs on fucking camera whilst chairman of the Rangers. But he's still allowed to be a chairman at fucking crowd and beef, and that's what always gets my goat because. In terms of the whole Ranger scandal with all the shite and all the rest of it, the only person that was actually banned for Scottish football for that was Craig White, and he was also the only person that got a not guilty in court. <laughs> well, true. Um, the, the, the thing, with, as you say, though, like there's no a, a nobody bats an eyelid about it. It's like not one of the stories when Ross was announced as a county beef manager even mentioned nah. like as a second chance or anything mm. like that, or it's like why he lost his last job. I, I, and it, and it, it comes back to a wee bit like the Malcolm Mackay thing, right? It's an abhorrent thing that he's done. Mm. Do, do people like that deserve a second chance? Did it, for well, me, Ross is, he said sorry in public, but it didn't. It seemed almost more sorry that he got caught because he, he says he meant it as a joke. Well, it's, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we joke with each other every single day, and it's never anything racial or you know anything homophobic whatever it might be and that's the problem you, you know you, you'll get half-wits who'll be like oh it's fucking political correctness gone mad and all the rest of it there's fuck all wrong with political correctness you know political correctness if you want to really get doing it it was started by shows like The Young Ones who ripped mm. the piss out of your Bernard Mann type comedians and all that and said actually you know we're no having this piss anymore we're going to wipe you in fact, I think Rick Mayo claimed credit for the whole thing himself, basically, but, <laughs> and then bringing down the Conservative government when he was Alan Bastard. But, you know, it just, it really does stick in my claw because football should be about community and it's not about certain aspects of the community, it's about the whole community, whether you're black, white, doesn't matter what colour you are or the rest of it. And I just don't think it sends out a good message when somebody like him, you know, fucking gets a job at Cowden Beath and it'll only be long before he's on the fucking telly again. And Malky will say the same. Oh, I went and done this and I went and done that and I went to this fucking course and that course. Bottom line is, he still needed his own man to get a fucking job for him at the SFA to give him some sort of credibility. And that's the only reason he's now the Ross County manager. You know, if he had still well, had been employed, he'd be no employed anywhere. I think as well, a cost to bang on there with the community thing because... Morris Ross was a coach, right? Football players are all young guys, effectively. Mm. None of them really have their big... Probably have the insecurities and whatnot. He's got a duty of care to look after that laddie, not to fucking... Not to bully him, effectively. Mm. Yeah. Because he's slow or whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, like, like, What's that do for the boy's career as well? Well, that's the thing. That, I mean, that's what... That Stevie Campbell was absolutely lauded at Dunn United. The guy was a racist bully. That's why they got rid of him. Craig Levine tried to get rid of him in Kudney. Jackie fucking brought him into the inner sanctum because, you know, he wanted the, the passage for the youth team to the first team to be, you know, seamless. And he was a racist bully, and that's why they had to let him go. Yet you had Dunyan United fans had up bar saying, we are all Stevie Campbell. And I'm no slagging slagger off Dunyan United fans because they probably weren't aware of the whole facts now. But, you know, it does seem that this fucking, these attitudes still pervade in Scottish football to the point where it's almost like if you're one of the boys, you'll get away with it. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's what I just didn't like about it. Anyway, uh, we're back fucking again. Last time, thank God, the internationals. Uh, game on Friday against Moldova. A game on um, Monday against Denmark. Which, by the way, I was sent a message by your brother Chris saying he will not be attending the Denmark game. I didn't know he wasn't going. Nah, why is he not going? I didn't know why he was telling me. <laughs> 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 That's a bit of a weird thing just to announce to something, by the way. I was quite shocked, I must admit, like, but, you know. Um, so, basically, it's all down to Moldova. You win there, you're in the playoffs, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, just can I ask you, Paul, you're obviously mayor on the thing with this. If it goes tits up in Moldova, what's the scenario then? Would it still would it mean a win against Denmark still will be okay? Aye, I, if, we, if we win, well, I guess if other results go away, like, we could technically, uh, I think if Israel dropped points, we mm -hmm. could finish second anyway. Mm -hmm. But aye, it would effectively mean that we would need something off Denmark. And when the Scotland squad came out for these two games, you weren't very happy with it. No, I just think, I just think there's probably four or five players in there that are lucky to be in. Mm. And but I guess Clark, Clark will argue that he's he's earned the right to he's got us pushing for second. He's earned the right to choose what he wants. Mm -hmm. But 
there are just some players in there that I think are, are nay. I don't understand why they're in. Like O'Donnell's having a terrible season. Even Motherwell mm-hmm. fans are saying that. Nathan Patterson is they playing. Um, we've got this thing as well. Where if you're playing for like an English Premiership team, you seem to get in regardless of whether you're actually playing well or no. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Fraser's in the squad, and like I, I quite like Ryan Fraser, but he's not having a good season. No. And let's um, face it, um, that used to happen fucking Ollie McBurney all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's called up Jacob Brown for Stoke, who, by the way, I'm not, I'm not judging, I just know nothing about it. I've no, never really I've heard never of the heard guy them. before. Never heard of um, And uh, he's ignored guys that are on fire. Like Johnny Russell's got like 12 mm-hmm. goals in 12 games mm-hmm. in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gold's obviously tearing it up over there. Um, mm-hmm. William Henderson's one that's playing every week in Serie A. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get like Lewis Ferguson, who's not having a great season in the squad. I mean, do you think it could be still like? Get in our squad? If see by bringing in these players, does that make? Does he see that as making his job harder? Ken, whereas if he picks the guys he always picks, he's got the same harmonious knee hassle type thing. Um, Quite possibly. I mean, I'm just speculating. I think as well, like, I, I think as well that he, he likes to have a, a same core for the whole campaign. Mm. It's like he doesn't want to introduce new players unless mm. he really has to. Um, and it might be that maybe he sees it as easier to manage or whatever but um, at some point you can't keep ignoring you could say the MLS isn't a great standard but you're picking guys for the Scottish Premier League as well which probably isn't a, mil- a million miles off it you're talking about the, the World Cup in Qatar is December next year I believe yes right, right. Where's, where's guys like Stephen O'Donnell want to be then no you know that's I know what... like, I, I, like right back to there we've struggled and O'Donnell's been Steady enough, like he's had some bad games, but he's had some decent ones as well. Mm. But we've got to start looking. Like, if, and if Patterson's not playing, I don't see how he's the option. And you're still ignoring guys like maybe like Aaron Hickey, who can play right back as well, and he's mm. playing every week mm-hmm. in Serie A. Like, like, would Wales ignore a guy playing in Serie A every week? You know what I mean? No. Nobody would. Fucking England would. No. England It's harder to get any squad. Well, England were happy to get um, Jude Bellingham and Jaden Sancho, and they would have the squad right away. I mean, and that was, you know, um, a kind of progressive attitude regarding you know, the kind of players. Um, but it's I think that, there's a few guys in there as well that will just be in regardless. Like, Kevin Nisbet, like, he's not in good form. How's no, he in the squad? He shouldn't be anywhere near it, Kevin Nisbet, quite frankly. No. I watched him when we played, uh, I mentioned it here at Easter Road last two weeks ago, whatever, and um, he fucking never had a kick of the ball. Mm. And he wasn't making runs, and he wasn't fucking pressing defenders, and he wasn't doing anything. You know, Celtic played a, a played a a, a a kind of low line to nullify Boyle's pace. That was how mm. the game completely. You know, so how mm. Boyle had to face up to fucking strikers, and I don't think Nisbet had a clue what to do. You know, reading I talked about that John Robertson book. You know, it was not the best. Book. It was not exactly a tell-all thing. But what I found interesting about certain goals he was talking about was just. That blinky and eye thing, where he knew things were going to happen, and because he knew it was going to happen, it almost happened in slow motion. Mm. You know, he knew he sees. You know, he sees. Basically, what well, goal Easter Road he was talking about? I think it was when Hertz won three now. Um, you know, after the takeover thing, mm-hmm. and he sees Gordon Hunter turn round to see who was behind him, and he sees I knew in that split second. By the time his heat goes back, all I had to do was get in front of him. Mm. You know, things like that. And I didn't think Nisbet is, is doing that kind of thing at all, you know. No. But hopefully it'll be um, Scotland just win in Moldova and then that's it, they can relax and enjoy the Denmark game. Because um, I wouldn't, I mean, Denmark probably don't even play most of, most of their top players, will they? I mean, they've absolutely coasted the group, haven't they? Aye, they've already got it in the bag and obviously a cracking team, but you never know if... Like, if if they've maybe got the eye off the ball, winning that game as well, if we got anything in that game, it would help in terms of being seeded for the playoffs, mm, mm, mm. which would give us, give us a home draw. Uh, when but, do the playoffs take place? Uh, I think March. March, okay. Home and away? Or? I think it's two, it's similar to the, the, the Euro playoffs, mm-hmm. so it's like two one-leg affairs. Mm-hmm. So we've got to beat two teams. Fuck. But there are teams in there that I, th- I think we could beat, but it'll be hard regardless. Mm-hmm. But, Get in there first would be would be the thing because it'd be so Scottish to fucking drop points in Moldova. Oh god, aye. Okay, that's your lot. Um, just a few things. Uh, it was your birthday yesterday. It was, yep. Thank you. Thirty-six years of age. Um, you decided to ruin it completely with a fucking horrendous bet. Now I'm going to pull you up for something <laughs> here, right? And I'm going to tell you why you picked a bet that was so bad. 
it's a lossy focus. You cannot possibly do a bet for this podcast and then do your own fucking bet as well. Well, you never have a separate bet. No, because then that that's be spreading yourself too thin. I mean, honestly, okay. I, I say. I said to you at half time yesterday, and this is a, this is makes it even worse as far as I'm concerned. I said, I've met some fucking pricks in my time, and you replied <laughs> by saying, eh? And I'm like, have you seen the fucking half time results? You weren't even on top of it. That's your loss <laughs> of focus. I was watching the football, I wasn't sitting on my phone. Ah, well, fuck, fuck's sake, at half time you check the results, surely. Anyway, yeah. uh, that was horrendous. Horrendous. And pure Fiona Kearney fucking backed your bet, and fucking she's fucking homeless now. Um, <laughs> But so you went out last night? Uh, I did. I, I went um, for a meal and a, a few drinks after it. After the Hearts game, where was the uh, meal? Uh, place called Tuk Tuk up Toll Cross. It's like an Indian place. Oh, aye. that was nice, eh? Good job. Uh, a lamb curry. A lamb curry. Oh god! Where did you go for a drink after it then? Uh, uh was in Road. There's a, a pub called the Raging Bull. It used to be like an old aye, I Irish bar. I know yeah. That's that pub that's had about 500 different names. Aye, it used to last... be rough as old ties. Aye, it was Finn McCool's at one point. And, that's it, aye, I forgot um, the name. Aye, I've, I've, I've noticed that a few times. Because um, I, I sometimes work up that way. Um, but um, I noticed the, your wife Steph put on that he's were having a celly. <laughs> what I've never heard the phrase in my life before. Is this Celly's... Love Island, Pa? Is it what? Is it Love Island Potter or what? Fuck, fuck knows to be honest. Um, it was uh, done without my approval. I, 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 you know, I never really had a drink or anything last night. Well, actually, I had a fucking bottle of wine. Now I come in, kid. But <laughs> if I'd been half cut, which I'm fucking very rarely am now, I probably was just felt like replying saying it's not your birthday. That's what it felt like, Paul. I mean, I was, you know, I was trying to be in your corner and sort of be like, can the man not just celebrate? <laughs> um, do you get any good gifts? Yeah, I got a nice bottle of whiskey, Tabasco whiskey. Oh, aye. is that uh, nice? I don't know anything about whiskey. Aye, it's nice, aye. It's a it's side malt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the John Robertson autobiography, which I will be. Oh, near luck. <laughs> <laughs> but, by the way, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but I didn't realise the fucking book's only about his hair's career. Nothing else. No, I never read that. I, I read the, the blog when I started it, um, but. I never knew, knew it was going to be so about hearts either. I mean, there's a few things, I'm not saying, but there's a few things in it that I didn't know. A couple, you know. Um, but the majority of stuff I did know, like. Um, but uh, nah, I didn't think it was great at all, to be honest. It was a bit shopping list like. Um, so, actually, uh, so you got a book, Bottle of Whiskey, um, and uh, did you end up pish like? Or? Uh, aye, no, no. <laughs> or did you go straight for the football like? Aye, I went right after the football. Eh? Book, book so the five. reservation in the place or just stroll in or? Uh, it was no, I had to book it. I, I think, because of COVID, like, there's no go as many tables and stuff like that. Mm, mm. But I, it was good. Um, there was a crowd of folk on the table next to me. I was doing my boxing. Kind of just when you walk into like people's conversations, mm. and they were all just like early twenty student types, but they were all dicks. <laughs> God, I don't know. Um, no, it's interesting. Like fucking. I know, I'm, I mean, I'm 47, 48 next year. And every time I go out, which is not a lot these days, I feel like 100. <laughs> Can, I mean, it's just like fucking... The way, so many things have changed in terms of going out and all the rest of it. That, I mean, suppose I should ask the question that all the listeners will be asking right now is, if, after a lamb curry and a few beers, is toilet all right this morning? Or <laughs> it, was, it was all right, aye. It's um, fine. Nothing to report. Well, as I said to you yesterday, I had my booster jab and my flu jab uh, 20 past 8 yesterday morning, no bother, talking about it, the nurses and that, fine. Felt great all day. Uh, went to bed, fucking woke up at 2 o'clock, I thought I was dying. Yeah. Honestly, I was shivering. I was like Tony Soprano in that episode where he gets food poisoning. <laughs> and it felt, honestly, like the, the duvet on my body felt as though it was like a fucking wet, blocky ice basically, um, and that was me, and then I thought, fucking hell, I'm fucked, and I go to bed down the stairs at 8 o'clock, and then within an hour and a half, I felt fine again. And it's bizarre, because I got a bad reaction to my second one, and I was mm. forward for almost two days, and then I suddenly just completely disappeared. Aye. 
Um, but I've, I've heard quite a few people with the boosters having reactions to it when they never had fit the original ones. But that thing you was were talking same... about with your mass, like, when I was feeling shitty, the arms did feel like lead weights because obviously you're in, mm. you know, both arms both kind of thing. Um, but it was I. It was fucking brutal this morning. You know, I was genuinely like, I'm going to give this half an hour and I'm just going to text Paul and say, I can't do the podcast today. And literally right. within an hour, I was absolutely fine again. It's bizarre, right? You know? um, was it the same same vaccine you got as the other No, two? it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I'll go AstraZeneca the first two, then I got Pfizer, but it's not called Pfizer anymore. It begins with a C, I can't remember. Uh, what it's Aye. Um, and the flu jab, to be fair, I've been getting a flu jab now for about three years, and I don't think I've yeah. had the flu since. No. You know what I mean? But I've had that a few times as well, and I've, I've, I've been lucky enough not to have it. Aye, so anyway, we will not be back next week because obviously it's internationals. Um, we will be back the following week where hopefully we'll get a good kick at the bet. Um, and hopefully your focus will return, Paul. Now that you're 36, you're officially middle-aged. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I must say, like, I've never bothered about my age getting older or anything. Mm. But yesterday, like, I've tipped over that halfway mark in mm. the 30s. I definitely felt old. I didn't. It doesn't bother me in the slightest at all. But it's just the fact that you you do feel it. That's the mm. thing. And you know, I I was talking to my mate last week. I said I haven't got anywhere near the capacity I used to have for drinking. Mm. And you know, uh, I, I just didn't. You know, what I mean, it's like my body now goes. Now that's enough. Mm. Um, and and similarly, you just didn't have the energy half the fucking time. You know, the job I do. Sometimes I'm doing three twelve hour shifts in a row. And it's literally like decompressing after I'd be a day off and you're back kind of thing. I took a week off this week because I'm going over to Ireland to see my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but, aye, so try and smarten up and less <laughs> of the sellies. Uh, and we'll leave you with a guy who uh, is lighting up, lighting up Scottish football. And he is a George Michael lookalike and he is definitely healing our pain. i